1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, we've talked to several different spiritual giants over the past few months who've given us many ideas about how to live the authentic life. Some of those ideas were similar to each other, and some were different. The bottom line is that you get to choose which, if any of those ideas, you believe. And because you get to choose, we're going to talk some today about how you can come to know your own beliefs. First, we need to understand the things that keep us from knowing or coming to terms with our own beliefs. And one of those is that we don't really believe we have the right to choose what to believe. We've all been uh, raised in a culture. We've all been raised in a world in which other people seem to know What's right for us to believe? And that's how most of us have been taught. Here's what you should believe about X, Y, or Z. I remember when I was a, a, a young girl, a um, mid-teenager, um, 12 or 13, something like that, I, uh, I heard my mother say some political things about a particular politician that she really didn't like at all. and So I went around saying, well, I don't like so-and-so either. And, um, you know, I look back now and I realize that that was just me saying what she said because she said it, and she was my mother, and so who doesn't believe their mother sometimes? But later, of course, I cut I to assess this person um, in my own sort of viewpoint, and I began to believe that, yeah, I really don't agree with this person's politics either. But that was me coming to terms with it on my own. That was not somebody else, me just sort of incorporating somebody else's belief. We talked a little bit on this show about how we, can, how we identify with other things and, and other people and ideas. We sort of are looking for a long time, we're looking to distinguish me from not me. As we grow up from infancy into toddlerhood and into young early childhood and into pre-adolescence and then adolescence, we're still sort of struggling with what is me and what is not me. And it is very easy in the early stages of our development for us to sort of incorporate other people's ideas and agendas and even their feelings and their beliefs into our identities and and just affiliate with those without even thinking about it any further. And so we don't really um, often get it that we have the right to choose what we believe. And very often that is a choice, and that's one of the other things that we um don't sometimes really allow ourselves to see is that we do have a choice. Um, We tend to think that reality is absolute and that um, there are certain truths that are absolute and to question them is tantamount to blasphemy. And so we just don't go there. But what I would say is if we don't really believe it, if we don't in our really depth core believe something, then everything we're doing is just going through the motions We might say we believe that because to not believe that is blasphemy, but do we really believe that? Well, those are some questions we're going to be talking about today. It's pretty radical to come to terms with your own revelations. It's pretty radical to even believe that you can have your own revelations. We don't talk about that much in our world, and there are particular segments of our world that talk about it even less. So today, we're going to talk about it. One of the things that's true is we don't tend to believe ourselves about our own beliefs. If I have a a, a revelation, if I come to an insight about something, sometimes it's very difficult for me to accept that I really did come to that insight and I really did, um, you know, come to see that particular truth as I see it in my own way. So it's hard for us to be able to say, okay, I really do believe my own belief in that regard. It seems sometimes as if we're walking into foreign turf. Um, Say, for example, that you are meditating one day and you have a particular insight about your life, about how you're connected to other people, how we're all one. Let's just try that one out. Um, Say you come to a real clear, not just mental understanding, but body, mind, soul connection that, yes, we are, in fact, all one. For a little while, that's going to be a delightful belief. But after we sort of walk around in the world for a while, we begin to say, hmm, I don't know about that. I can't seem to hold on to that. So, you know, there's another part of me that doesn't really believe it. But here's the deal. Just because one part of us doesn't believe it doesn't mean the other part of us doesn't believe it too. We tend to think in black and white. We tend to say, well, if one part of me doubts it, then all of me doubts it. That's not really true, because we live on two different levels. We live on the ego plane in which we are working out our uh, the dramas of our own lives, where we're sort of identified with this plane and its realities, and then there's another whole plane. there is a plane that I would call the soul plane, where we, we are living out a, a whole other recognition, not even i wouldn 't even call it reality, I would call it recognition. Where we begin to be able to say, "Okay, there's there's this, there's peace, there's my connection to other people that's very deep and valuable. There's my own creativity that sort of comes up out of me, like like the roots of a tree grow a tree. There's um, all kinds of ways in which I interact with other people that maybe somebody else wouldn't. So." That that is us becoming us, and that is um, not necessarily a part of the drama of the the world. It's it's coming from something deeper. And so now, what I just said was an idea. That was an idea that came from Andrea Matthews. It didn't come from your heart or your mind. And you have the right to choose whether or not you agree with that idea. And that's what we. T- that's where we get in trouble, is we assume that if somebody with um, authority or some author or something like that has written a book or they have um, they have uh, been a speaker or they have traveled the world and had best-selling books all over the world or et cetera et cetera that we should believe them because they they know. And what I have to say is I want you to keep listening to those people. I want you to keep listening to this radio show, but do I have your truth? Absolutely not. See, the thing is, we can listen on both planes. I can listen to someone else speaking to me. This weekend I went to see Brian Weiss in Atlanta, and I was really very privileged to get to do that, really enjoyed listening to him, and um, found him to be a very genuine person. That was how I received him. And he had lots of ideas that I wanted to hear about. And so I listened. And there were lots of things he said that I agreed with. There were a few things he said that I did not agree with. That was because I was listening inside of me as well as listening to him. And that's what we have the privilege, the honor to do in this, in this um, um, world, in this process we're all in, to awaken. So, okay, we often don't believe ourselves about our own beliefs. We don't even trust our own experience. We tell ourselves, well, that was just another emotion. You know, you can't trust emotions or that was just a coincidence or that was a random circumstance, or that was just something I had while I was meditating. That's not necessarily really true for my life. And so we sort of drop it and begin to dismiss it, and eventually we forgot that we even had that insight. We don't believe that our beliefs really matter to anyone else, so we don't think that they should matter to us. And that's evidence of how much power we give other people to tell us what to believe. So if somebody else would think that my radical revelation is, well, Pretty radical. Then maybe I shouldn't be thinking that way. I mean, you know, I don't want anybody thinking I'm nuts or anything. Well, you know, we do want to stay within the realm of of uh, truth. We don't want to be so far out there that we can't even grab hold of ourselves. But uh, uh, and certainly, this journey through um, our own unconscious it does have carry that danger. I mean, Carl Jung talked about the possibility that if we were really walking through unconscious material, that it is possible for us to identify with it, and it, that can carry us all the way into a, a neurosis or a psychosis. So we it is, we do need to be careful about um, how we're going through this journey and, and, and not um, think that it, there isn't a need to check out our belief systems with reality and check out reality with our belief systems. There's sort of a, a co-working there. So I want to put that out there, too. But at the same time, I want to say that other people, other people's ideas can only be believed if we really believe them. So the result of our um, inability to believe ourselves is that we listen to others who seem to have the right answers or they seem to, nice and trustworthy or maybe we just like them and we say, okay, so we like them, so they must be telling the truth or they must be telling my truth. Well, we listen because we're afraid not to because someone taught us a long time ago that there would be dire consequences for not following the dictates of other people, especially certain um, high-authority people. So we, we do have a system of sort of archetypal beliefs about our beliefs, and, and one of those is that other people know and I can't know on my own. You know, it hasn't been all that long that we've had the Bible, uh, available for anyone to read. It's only like four or five centuries that it's been, we've been all allowed to read the Bible. Prior to that, people weren't allowed to read the Bible because, uh, it was thought that the common man could not really understand it. They wouldn't get it. And so it had to be translated for them by someone else. And, and that's in part how we've passed down a bunch of beliefs. Some of those beliefs we a lot of people hold on to. Some of those beliefs have been let go of. Um, some Sometimes we can sort of incorporate a lot of different, as, as Beverly Lanzetta said last week, we can ha- be Jewish and Muslim. We can, be, um, we can have a, a couple of different faiths. We can be practicing all at the same time because it's not about a rigid set of guidelines. It's about what do you really believe. And our beliefs aren't just about, faith or politics or or those kinds of things, our beliefs really come from an image of ourselves. They come from a sense of ourselves that says, this is me, this is who I am, this is how I live in the world. And so we believe certain things about ourselves, about our world. And sometimes in those beliefs we connect dots that really don't need to be connected. We, um, We say that I don't, we say, for example, I don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Well, the truth is that we're not hurting other people's feelings when we make a decision to live for ourselves. For example, if someone is attracted to you but you're not attracted to them and we say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I just really don't want to talk to them about that. I'm, You know, I don't want to, so I'm just going to avoid them. And we think that doesn't hurt their feelings, but it does. But the truth is that, you know, if I'm making a decision for me that's true to me, And how the other person responds to that belongs to them. It doesn't belong to me. I'm not hurting their feelings. I'm giving them the right to react however they choose by being authentic myself. So that's a little bit of a taste of what we're going to be talking about for the rest of our um, time together today. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Authentic Living brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology.
0: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
3: I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A I H T, as a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics,
1: Visit bloodsaves.com
0: to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back for the second segment of our show, talking today about radical revelations. Um, and I want to remind you of uh, what was just said on the commercial break, that you can write to me. My email is on right now, and we can uh, you can send me a comment or a question that you'd like answered on this show, and I will respond to it. Um, we were talking about the fact that we have the right to choose our own beliefs and that we have the right to really understand that things are always being revealed to us. We are in a a sort of uh, openness to revelations at this particular time in our history, more so than ever before, but all of us can have insights and revelations and uh, come to new understandings about life, and that's a real individual thing. But no matter what church or synagogue or mosque or ritual you attend, Unless you really believe what you're doing, praying, saying, and ritualizing, it's just going through the motions. No matter how many gurus you listen to, how many radio shows you tune into, yes, even this one, until you're listening to yourself, what everyone else says is just wind. Now, that's not to say stop listening to the show. I don't want you to do that. It's easy to say, what it is to say is that when you listen to someone else or read someone else, there can be, if you choose it, a co-listening attitude one in which you're listening to the other and also simultaneously listening to yourself. Because beyond what you really believe, everything else is just ideas. Beyond what you really believe, everything else is ideas. So let's talk about some of the ideas we've heard over the past several months on this show. One of the things we talked about a few weeks back was the idea of fate versus the idea of what we've all heard about is the law of attraction. Several authors have written about the law of attraction, and um, basically what it's saying is that we are always attracting things to ourselves based on our attitudes and our beliefs and our, and our thoughts, and that we, are, we can choose to draw to ourselves the life we desire by simply saying that we believe that we deserve to have that life and that, that we can um, be open to it. Now, we heard somebody else on the show say that if we don't, um, if it's not chosen before we get here, if it's not in our fate to have those things, we are not going to have them. Which of those two very seemingly opposite beliefs do you believe? Well, I have some ideas about that. You can choose whether or not you agree. I believe it's somewhere in the middle. (laughs) I'm a middle of the road kind of girl. And I, I think that what's really true is that we do attract. We do attract quite a bit. We attract um, uh uh what we're what we attract relationships, we attract jobs, we attract situations, um, we attract um, uh um, money. We can attract those kinds of things. However, it isn't true that every time I have a fear that I'm attracting that. There are many fears I've had in my life that nope, didn't attract them. Um there every time we worry about something or obsess about something that's going to happen, I've had obsessions and worries and I'm sure you have and you know what, they never occurred. Um so we've gotten a little we in my idea, we've gotten a little bit rigid about that. We've gotten into sort of a dogma with it. We've now decided that if I'm having a negative thought or I say a negative word, then now I'm going to attract that to me and, oh, my gosh, that's my bad karma coming in. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So, you know, we, we've gotten a little too rigid with that. I do think we can practice attracting things. Now, it, is it true that if I'm not supposed to have it, I'm not going to have it? Well, kind of yes, kind of no. That's how I see it. I, I see it that, um, you know, we can choose not to have something, and we can choose that on a deep psychological level. However, I don't think it's all chosen for me before I get here because that means that I'm just sort of here living out rote. And I think life is much more than that. I think life is much more than living out some kind of rote memory from uh, the between-life state. I think that life is full of possibilities all the time and that we are always in a creative mode. And if the divine is a creator and sort of created this whole idea that we can create, (laughs) then creativity is what we're doing here. It's a part of what we're doing here. So, no, I don't agree that if something is uh, destined, that that if we decided we chose in the in-between life state that we're going to live out a certain life, that that's how it's going to be and there is no other option. I'm not even sure that we choose that much detail in the in-between life. Who knows what happens in the in-between life? But, I guess what I'm saying is that's, those are two very oppo- opposite ideas, but you get to choose what you believe. and 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 what I mean by choosing what you believe isn't, oh, well, just choose randomly what you believe and whatever makes you feel good, well, go with it. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if it really rings true to you, if it really resonates with a deep inner part of yourself, then that's something close to your truth. And usually when something does that, we get a modicum of peace. We get a sense of, oh, well, that's, you know, yeah, that fits. That, that feels congruent with me. Um, there's not pieces of me hanging out of that. It's just kind of left out there. I'm not split off between compartments within myself. So there's a peace there that comes with that. And, and that's how we can recognize that, yeah, that fits for me. That fits for me. Will it fit for my neighbor? Don't know. But it fits for me, so that's a that's a piece of how that happens. Okay, let's talk about another one. I got several emails from from um, you guys in the audience about a particular guest that I had who who was rather um, outspoken about her political views and had said some things that a lot of you guys reacted to. Okay, that's within your right to say. Okay, yes, I, I'm going to react to that, and I heard from you about it, and. Um, and so then then the question began to be raised for me and for lots of you is is this um is this a forum for uh vituperous political language or is this a, a forum for idea exchange? Well for me as the radio host this is a forum for idea exchange and those were just some ideas. Um so whether or not you agree with them, well that's that's yours. And um so the so the whole thing is, okay, what's really what's really fair for you what's really fair for you is it fair for um uh people to be on the radio talking about um their own partic- political, political persuasions and and castrating other people who don't agree with that or or um downsizing all the political liter- leaders of today because you know they uh, because they have certain ways of thinking making up stuff making up rumors Are those things fair and right for you? Well, for some people, they seem to be fair and right, and there's a lot of audiences out there listening to that kind of stuff. For me, I'd rather have an idea exchange. What do you want? Okay? That's what we're talking about. What do you want? Okay, let's talk again about the law of attraction. That's another idea that we've talked again about several times. Uh, One of the things that I feel about the law of attraction is that when we are attracting, if we just go out there and say, well, I want to make a million dollars, so I'm going to start thinking that way. I'm going to start telling myself that I can have a million dollars and I'm going to get it. and I'm just going to keep thinking that way. and I'm going to hypnotize myself into that state and I'm going to attract it. Well, you know, maybe you can do that. I mean, maybe you can, but is that your ego or is that your soul? Which one is talking? And I think that's really, really, really important to uh, this whole thing about the law of attraction. I don't know exactly how it works i don't don't even know that it definitely does work but i can say for sure that when i'm going to be busy attracting i really don't want it to be from my ego i want it to be from my soul i want to attract what my soul needs not what my ego needs not to say that my ego and my soul are in uh, enemies because they are not i need my ego just as much as i need my soul my ego is a part of how i'm living in this world um, and so I definitely need that. But I but I do think that what I want to be the sort of um, container is my soul. And I want my soul to be the one that's attracting. And I call the authentic self the soul. There are other people, you know, we heard Gary Zukav clearly state that he did not believe that the soul was the same thing as the authentic self. That's fine. I believe that the soul and the authentic self are, are synonymous. I believe that um, that... This, the authentic self is who I essentially am, um, and and it does go on eternally. If there's anything within me that goes on eternally, that's it. It's my real self. So is that all attached to all kinds of things here on this planet in this particular incarnation? Maybe, maybe not. I think mostly not. That's my theory. What's your theory? Uh, let's talk about money. Money is one of those big old things that people um, get concerned about quite a bit, particularly in this economic crisis we're having. What is money? What is that? Is it filthy lucre, as some people think? Or is it really uh, just something we devised to barter with, which, you know, I think that's what it is. I think it's something we devised to barter with. We made it up. We, just like we've decided what time is. We've made up money. We've decided that this is how we're going to work. And so now we think that the world works this way, and it's really hard for us to imagine that the world's not working on money. There's a whole other thing happening. You know, maybe in the drama of one plane, money is a big deal. On the other plane, money is just a tool. So you see what I'm saying? There's, There's all kinds of ways of looking at these things. And what is your way? That is what we're talking about. What is your way? What is true for you? Okay, we'll be back in just a few more minutes. Stay tuned for more. On your radical revelations.
0: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
3: Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this
2: girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just.
0: I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt?
3: Yeah, be like, oh uh. uh. There you go.
1: You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
3: I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT, it was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love.
0: What can you tell me about Skills USA?
1: Skills USA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome.
2: Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people.
0: SkillsUSA champions at work. On the web at
1: skillsusa.org
0: Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free. 866 472 5795 That's one 866 472 472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back talking today about radical revelations, your radical revelations. How do you get a revelation? How do we know when we get a revelation? How do we know how to believe what we what has come to us? Those are the things we're talking about today. And I want to remind you that you can email me with your questions, and I will respond on the show. Um, this show, as you know, is brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology, and this co- is the college built to help you fulfill your dreams, to help you help your world. You know, one of the things that I hear a lot about is um, this whole idea of meditation. What is meditation? What does it mean? One of the ideas that we're talking about today, and again, I want to remind you, these ideas are just ideas. You get to choose whether or not you believe them. That's what this show is about. Um, ideas uh, have, having to do with meditation have taken on a lot of um, different components. And one of those ideas is that there's a specific way of meditating. You sit. You sit a certain way. You do certain kinds of breathing and you focus in certain ways and you go to this certain state and then you know there's ways to sort of walk back out of that as well so there's a method there's a process that you go through to meditate i've lots of people come to me in my practice and in my world and and say well you know i can't i can't do it that way i can't i can't breathe that way every time i start breathing that way i just really you know it just makes me really get off focus off focus and i can't concentrate and I ask them very often, well, when you focus on your breathing, are you focusing on the breathing itself or does it make you ha- feel as if you have to control your breathing? And very often they will say, well, no, I can't, I can't seem to just let myself stop trying to control the breathing. I'm trying to control it. Once I start paying attention to my breathing, I'm like, I have to breathe this way. And what I say is just don't focus on the breathing. Forget it. Do, don't do that. It's not working for you. Don't do it. And, but some people would say, well, you, how are you going to meditate if you don't focus on your breathing? And, and what about breathing? And isn't that going to be making me healthier and that kind of thing? Well, yeah. But here's what I've noticed happens. When we get into a relaxed, truly relaxed state where we're really internal, we're really inside ourselves, we just naturally breathe right, right, there is the operative word there. Uh, put that in quotes, if you will. Uh because we begin to get into that place where we're just real, and we're just we get into a natural rhythm. And we breathe deeper. We breathe into our diaphragms, and it comes very natural. We're not working for it. One of the one of the famous statements in the Bible, and whether you believe the Bible or not, is is I'm not talking I'm not preaching the Bible here. What I'm talking about is a statement that is in other religions as well. Um, The statement is, cease striving and know that I am God. Cease striving. Well, how are we going to cease striving if we're working really, really hard to do this the right way? I don't think we are. And the statement, to me, as I interpret it, says, cease striving and because you've ceased striving, you will then know that you are God. That's how I interpret that statement. Now, you can interpret it all kinds of ways, but... It's okay. So this is another idea. Where is there room for us to find ourselves in the meditation practice? That's what I would encourage. When you go into meditation, is that, is that you would begin to be able to find yourself in meditation. Find what works for you. Find what gives you peace. Find what is gives you the ability to. Go deeper into yourself and find other aspects of yourself and listen to yourself and listen to your higher power, whatever that is for you. Um, You know, another thing is that some people say, well, I I have to have somebody walk me through meditation. Well, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Other people would say, well, no, we can't have visualization because that means somebody else is controlling your thoughts. No, you have to agree. Hypnosis, first of all, visualization is not the same as hypnosis. Hypnosis is one thing, visualization is another. Visualization is just somebody giving you a vision that you can use if you choose to. Very often when I sit in group meditations, the, the leader is giving one me one vision and I've got a whole other one going on in my head. Works for me. Um, hypnosis is uh, you being willing to suspend your connection to this uh, drama plane that we live on now and to go into some other state. We have all kinds of states. A mood is a state. Um, driving your car without really paying attention to where you're going or what you're doing and getting to the other place and going, oh, wow, I don't even remember driving. That That's a state. There are various states we go into, and we can choose to allow ourselves to go into a hypnosis, and that is us agreeing with a hypnotist too, or hypnotherapist too, uh, to go there. Now, again, those are just ideas that I have. You may disagree. Some people say, oh, no, 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 hypnosis is somebody else controlling you. Somebody, Some people say visualization is the same. You get to choose. And that is how we begin to find what's really true for us, is that we begin to ask questions that say, well, now, what do I really believe? What do I really believe? There's a bumper sticker that I've seen that says, question your own beliefs. And I so agree with that, and I find it funny every time I see it. It is saying that we, you know, some of the things we believe that we believe, we don't really believe. On one level, we believe them, and on another, we don't. And that's what I'm challenging, is that we can go down deeper to another level and find out what we really believe way down deep. Then it's like we have an argument with ourselves. We begin to go, now, I believe this over here, but over here, I believe this. Now, which one do I really think is true? Now, that takes some work. It takes the work of consciousness it takes the work of sort of uh, really asking the questions and really engaging in a discussion with yourself a dialogue with yourself it says okay what what do i really believe now thinking i want to clarify thinking is different from believing we can have all kinds of thoughts and very often they spring from our beliefs but our thoughts are not the same as our beliefs we can even have thoughts that don't like I said a minute ago, that don't agree with our deepest beliefs. and But we practice those thoughts and we live out of those thoughts as if they're true because they're coming from a whole other belief system. But thoughts are not the same as beliefs. Thoughts, like I said, spring from beliefs, but they're not the same as beliefs. Now, again, that's just one person's idea. You get to choose. You may say, well, your thoughts are your beliefs. And I guess you could Sanana. Uh, make those synonyms in some kind of way. If you say they spring from their beliefs, then you could say they are the beliefs. Um, Okay, so, so how does one begin to listen to oneself? What is that process? What is that like? Well, first we have to begin the process of paying attention. Now, that in and of itself is hard enough. Paying attention to what we are thinking and feeling is one of those processes that is not um, something we're taught how to do. We're not taught to pay attention to ourselves. We're taught to pay attention to the teacher, pay attention to the preacher, pay attention to the mother, the father, pay attention when we're um, walking and talking and thinking. We're supposed to pay attention to the external world, not the internal world. But I think there's a way to do both. It's kind of like walking with one foot in one world and one foot in another world. We can absolutely um, begin to be able to pay attention to ourselves. And we don't have to stop the world to do that. We don't have to, um, you know, go into meditation for hours and hours to do that. Meditation is a practice that I, I practice daily, and I do believe in it. I do believe it's a very powerful tool. It is just a tool. It's not the end-all and be-all. Um, but it is a tool that helps me to um, focus in and, and listen and engage myself Um, And it helps me get in touch with what I consider to be divine for me. Um, So so I do believe that that works, but I don't think that has to be the end all and be all. I don't think we have to do it for several hours. And I don't think we have to get off into a private space so that we can hear ourselves. Now, meditation is, I will say this, it is a way that we can begin that process of being able to hear ourselves. Sometimes we have to... Because our minds are so cluttered with so much, and we're anxious about so much, and our first thoughts in the morning, thought in the morning when we uh, put our feet on the floor, is, oh my God, it's Monday. Oh no, I thought it was Tuesday, and I've got all these things to do today, and I should have done that yesterday, and la 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 la. We go rushing off into our day with that kind of anxiety. So I, you know, I think meditation first thing in the morning helps me get a better start. It helps me to be able to. Um, focus in on myself and begin that process every day of listening, tuning in to me. So you might find that an effective practice as well. But I also find that as I'm going through my day, there are many things that happen that remind me of of who I am. They remind me of that deeper aspect of myself. They remind me to go within again and listen. They remind me that, wait, I'm not so sure about that. Sometimes it's a feeling that I get a nervous feeling or a fear or some anger or, or a feeling of delight or a feeling of pleasure or a, feel, a sensation that's very comfortable. Those kind of things can draw me inward. But also other, wor- other people's words and thoughts and deeds can also draw me inward where I'm listening to somebody talk and, and they, what they say reminds me of something inside myself and I go back inside myself and I listen to me while I'm listening to them because what they're saying has validity because um, it's theirs, and I want to honor them by listening to them. At the same time, I'm sort of having this internal process go on. So we can do the both at the same time. That's not what we got taught. We got taught that we only hear and do one thing at a time, and that's just not true. Many of us have begun to understand the, the art of multitasking. Well, there's a multitasking that can go on in our listening. We can listen internally as well as externally. At the same time so paying attention is the first step and the second step is to be able to give each urging its floor and what I mean by that is there are so many times when we have something come up inside of us when we push it away and we don't want to go there we don't want to feel it we judge it we criticize it we ask it what it's doing there what are you what are you doing in there I don't like you and so we push it away and we're going to talk some more about that right after the break our final segment coming up of Authentic Living today. Stay tuned.
0: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Over there, over there's the water.
3: Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your
0: hand, isn't it?
3: Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn. So follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love.
0: America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA?
3: SkillsUSA is life changing.
0: SkillsUSA is awesome.
3: SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you.
2: SkillsUSA is amazing.
0: SkillsUSA
1: is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. That's one 472 5795 You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back for the final uh, segment of our show today on Radical Revelations. I've just received an email from a Eugenia in Manitoba, and her question is, What do you do when what comes up is frightening? And that's a great question because that's very common. What comes up inside of us, whether it's through meditation or through um, our everyday activities, we're interacting with somebody and suddenly some noodle of information comes up from, from our interior regions and we get afraid. What do you do then? Well, just before the break, we were talking about giving each urging its floor. And what I mean by that is, Everything needs to be heard. Everything that is in you needs to be heard and respected for what it is. And fear is one of those things that needs to be heard. Now, very often our fears turn out to be irrational, so they're not springing from the authentic self, but they certainly can lead us to the authentic self if we are t- paying attention. So giving fear its, its due means I'm going to sit in the middle between my fear and the revelation that came up, and I'm going to listen to both. I'm going to listen to the revelation, and I'm going to listen to the fear, and maybe I'll get out a pen and a piece of paper, and I'm going to write each one of those down. I'm going to write down my fear, and I'm going to let it have a floor. I'm going to let it pontificate if it wants to and tell me all the reasons why it's afraid. And then I'm going to listen to the revelation, and I'm going to hear what it says, and I'm going to feel the feelings that come with it as well. And then I'm going to get a dialogue going between the two, between my fear and the revelation. We'll get them talking to each other. Sometimes you can do this through what Carl Jung calls active imagination so that you're you're being able to give the fear a name and give the revelation a name. And uh, they begin to talk to each other. And you just let it play out in your head. Just don't try to edit it. Just kind of let it play out on paper. And you and you and so so fear has the name of what Tom let's give fear of Tom and Tom has something to say and the revelation is Jerry and so so now we're going to let Tom talk to Jerry and Jerry's going to say something back and you're just going to let it flow and by the end of that act of imagination you've you've first of all what's happened is neither one of those two things took control you were in charge the whole time you were the one that was writing you were the one that was saying um okay I'm I'm the listener here I'm the one that's tuned in. I'm the one that's paying attention. You see, what we tend to believe is that if we have a big old emotion, be it fear, anger, sorrow, whatever, uh, especially those that we consider to be negative, that that, that there must be some kind of compulsion that goes with it. If I'm afraid, then I must do X, Y, and Z. If I'm afraid, then I must avoid X, Y, and Z. If I'm angry, well, then I need to go talk to whoever I'm angry at or I need to go hit them or I need to whatever. Um, No, that's not the point of our emotions. Our emotions are just messengers. That's it. They give us information about ourselves, period. That's it. They don't mean that we're supposed to do anything. We often uh give that whole thing of falling in love, and we say, oh, that's so passionate and so beautiful, and yes, it is. And I have passion in my life, and I'm very much in love with someone, and that's all great, but it, it doesn't... Uh, it's, it's The fact is that if you say, I've fallen in love, therefore I should go get married, well, you might not be telling yourself the truth because we do sometimes fall in love with Mr. or Miss Wrong. So, so we have to really tune in and let ourselves, the authentic self, be sort of the one in the middle who gives both voices their floor. So that was a great question, Eugenia, and thank you for writing. I hope that I answered your question. You know, our beliefs often counter the soul. We have lots of beliefs that that can even keep us from the soul, and one of those is that we should be feeling certain things. We should not feel anger. we should not uh feel uh bitter. sometimes we even feel bitter. what is that? Well, we feel it, so you can't shoot it out of the way. You've got to be able to look at it and say, "Okay, here it is. Here's my bitterness." What else do I believe? What else do I feel? Let me hear all the voices. Let me hear all the urgings inside of me. And let me give them a floor. Now, we say, well, that sure does take a lot of time. No, it's a process that can go on while you're living your day, while you're chopping wood and carrying water, as then Buddhism says. We, we're we all chopping wood and carrying water in our lives. And we can just do that while this stuff is sort of gelling inside of us. And so we're having an internal journey while we're having an external journey, and both can be a rhythm, they can sort of work in rhythm and in tandem with each other, so that the external sort of reminds me of the internal. The internal helps me go back out to the external and give that something or take something from that. So it isn't an either-or kind of thing. Either I'm living in the external world or I'm living in the internal world. We can do both at the same time. And what I find is the people I find is that the people that are the healthiest are the people who can walk with one foot in the inner terrain and one foot in the external terrain without a lot of um, falling down and, and, uh, you know, uh, tripping over ourselves. But it is a process, and it begins with us being able to pay attention to what's going on inside of us. Then, to give each urging voice its floor, to respect each voice, meaning that we don't criticize it for being what it is. We don't say, you shouldn't be there because I don't like you, <laughs> because you make me uncomfortable, because I'm judging you, because I believe that nobody should have these feelings, these thoughts, whatever. So instead of doing that, we let each have its floor, and then we can decide what we're going to do. So authentic action comes from really listening within for a while and then making a decision about what we're going to do. And our, our internal process can give us guidance about what we're going to do, what comes up next. Um, for us and so that is the process of really listening to yourself i can't tell you what is going to come up inside of you no one else can tell you what's going to come up inside of you you're the only one that's going to experience that and that is what this is about i have an idea another idea my my beliefs you can choose whether or not you agree with it that we are here to have an experience we are not here to pretend we're not here (laughs) Um, I think that there's so much of what we're doing today in New Thought that says don't be here, don't really be here. And I, uh, I vehemently disagree with that. I really do believe that we are here because we're supposed to be here. And this life, this air we breathe, these things that we feel with our hands and feet, these clothes that we wear, the people we encounter, the uh, the things that we can look at and touch and feel and taste and smell, all of those things are a part of our experience, and that's what we're here doing is having an experience. And the experience is both a growth experience and just an experience just for the experience itself. So that's an idea that I would like for you to take with you, let that gel inside you, and see what you think. Next week we're going to be talking to Lama Surya Das. We didn't get to talk to him in August when we wanted to. He has a new book out called The Mind is Mightier Than the Sword, and we're going to be talking to him about that book. So, tune in for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.